Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. I'm so excited that you guys are here. My name's Sophia. I started this podcast in the beginning of April and I got furloughed at the end of March. And quite honestly, it was so hard for me to comprehend and deal with that. I was like, I have two choices right now. I can start the podcast that I've always wanted to start or I can let this really deter me and start emotional eating and just sit on the couch and do nothing. And I decided to go with the first choice. And I'm so glad that I did because I've got to meet so many inspiring people from all over the world. And I hope that you guys see yourselves in some of these stories because I've just been having so much fun. This has been lighting me up so much. And I'm really glad that I put myself out there and decided to start it. You know, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start it. And I'm so glad that I just did that. And I know as an introvert, it's been pretty hard to like put myself out there, talk in front of a camera, talk to all these people I don't know. But I feel like this has been such a growing experience for me. And I feel like I need to share that with you guys because maybe there's something in your life that excites you but kind of scares you at the same time. And maybe it's time to step into that. Today's guest is Natalie. I love chatting with her. We actually started off this interview with a reading, which was so much fun. She gave me a reading on my birth chart, and Virgo is definitely very strong in my chart, which I could always feel at an intuitive level, but she definitely gave me a lot of clarity. And then towards the end, I actually interview her, hear about how she got into astrology, how to talk with your spirit guides, and what the catalyst moment was for her and her personal development journey and so much more. So let's get started. Yeah, I've never had a reading before, so this is going to be interesting. <laughs> I'm excited for you. Well, it's funny because um, one of your posts came up, and then I think it was with the the podcast that you just did with the girl who's like a little person. Is that mm-hmm. what, you, what you say? Yeah. Um, and... And I was looking at your profile and I saw how it was like, it's Virgo season. Are you like excited for Virgo season? And I was like, I wonder if she's had a reading before. And it's just like ideal timing. Yeah. Yeah. Is it ideal to have it on your birthday or like before your birthday? Yeah. It doesn't or, matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 It's just good to kind of like know the energies. And to be honest, like this is the thing that I wish that I knew in my 20s was like my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so I'll go ahead and share my screen with you. Okay. And, and so you're turning 20, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So impressive. Entering, yeah, entering into a new decade, so it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's amazing that you're, like, already, you already have a podcast, like, you already are doing all these things at 19, like, <laughs> yeah mentally I already feel 20 like I already feel like 21 22 somewhere in that age but yeah okay sweet okay let me just make sure that all the info is right so you were born on Wednesday August 30th 2000 Mm -hmm. at 2 a.m in Harbor City Mm -hmm. okay cool so have you ever seen your chart like this before no okay map right like I actually call this the treasure map to your soul because it looks like this map where it's like, there's all of these different clues that are potentially giving us some insight on why the heck you're here and like who you are and what you're supposed to do. But really we just have to learn how how to read it 
and then we can know what your unique soul purpose is and what you're here to actually learn and tune into. And so the way that this is all set up is that if we were to imagine that the moment that you were born, the moment that you took your first breath, that there was an astronomy photographer who was outside of the hospital or outside of the home that you were born in, and that they took a picture of the sky. And this is where all of the planets would have been in the sky. This is on top of the horizon. And this is all beneath the horizon where all of the planets were. And these are all of the zodiac constellations. And that's where they were in the sky. So that's what we could see. And everything else was beneath here. So it's this really beautiful cosmic blueprint of who you are. And this is how we can kind of then go in and see. And so you'll notice that a lot of your planets are actually beneath the surface. And then you have a few up here. And so this actually makes you someone who, um, what we would call a lunar chart, because the moon and the sun were both underneath the surface at that time. And so this makes you someone who, there might be a little bit more of a privacy to you or Maybe you're not so exposed, even though you're doing a podcast. <laughs> Part of you that likes to really take things and internalize them and think about them first and really go deep. And it's, you know, it's kind of like that beauty that's within the moonlight is where that transformation happens. Do you feel that at all? Yeah, I'm very private. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And also while we're doing this, like totally feel free to interrupt and ask questions and just see how it resonates with you. Okay. And so there's something called the big three, and the big three are the rising sign, the sun sign, and the moon sign. And so these are kind of like these three big components that make up your personality, and obviously all of these other planets have a lot to do with it as well, but these just give us a big hint into what you're really here to become, what we see on the outside, who you are on the inside, and who you are on that very, very core level, and who you show yourself to the world as. And so the rising, if you think about the word rising and you see this AC here, which means ascendant, it's really what we're ascending into. And so for you, that is, and so cancer is all about being this maternal energy, being very nurturing, being someone who um, is very empathic and knows how to feel emotions and who can really express emotions as well. There's a lot of intuition that goes on in the sign of cancer because cancer is really about the home. And it's about figuring out like, this is my family, these are my friends, and like, I'm here for them and finding who do you want to let into that circle. And if you think about the crab, which is the um, symbol of cancer, is that it has this hard shell and hard exterior. And so sometimes you might be very picky on like, who you let come in, right? Yeah, <laughs> <Because> yeah. <laughs> you gotta cross the shell. <laughs> and then once you're in, you're in for good. But then if something happens, you're out of the shell again. <laughs> and, and cancer, you know, it's very emotional. And there's a lot of just joy in family and in being in the home. It loves to um, cook and bake and do anything with like real estate or interior design or decoration. And being by the water is very close also because it's a water sign too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the journey of cancer is to really to know how do I express and deal with my emotions and sit with them and not be moody. That's the shadow side of cancer. So every sign um, will have their higher octave and kind of like the light side of them, and then they'll have that shadow. And so it's very easy within the rising sign sometimes to fall into the shadow because that's also what people will see with us. Because the rising, since it's what we're ascending into, 
that's also how sometimes people view us. So people might meet you and be like, oh my gosh, she's so sweet. There's kind of this like nurturing energy, like you might love giving hugs or, you know, anything where it kind of feels that like warm and fuzzies. And, and that's because that's what you're stepping into. And sometimes you don't even realize it. You're just like, oh yeah, there is this part of me that really wants to be this type of like nurturing, um, kind, compassionate person. That's very much about like caring and helping other people. And everyone else is like, well, yeah, of course that's you. That's what they see of you. So I always recommend to people to learn their rising and to really embody the higher vibration of that sign. Because if, you know, if we think about our rising and kind of like, if this is the house that this is what people see with us, what people see is a huge part of this world that we live in, right? Like it's very much about, well, who are you to the public and um, who are you in your relationships? Who are you at work? And so when you know that you have all of these amazing qualities that you are sending into and that people feel just by being around you, then you're like, okay, let me make sure that I'm turning on my kindness. Let me make sure that I'm turning on my um, compassionate energy where I can listen to people and people can tell me their stories. And um, I'm kind of this person who's there to care for them. And to also know that I also have this side that can be moody and <laughs> emotional, maybe a little bit crabby at sometimes, right? And it can hurt. Like the, if you think about the crab, they have their little, I don't know what they're called, like their little pinchers and they can pinch you <laughs> and it hurts and people don't forget. And so it's good to know, okay, there's also this side that can be that. So let me watch out for that or to just know I have the ability to cross that line sometimes. Yeah, I can't be moody. <laughs> that can totally happen. Yeah. Do you have any type of desire to do, like, are there any type of like motherly things that you love doing or you know are you like a homebody or anything like yeah, that? yeah I'm a homebody okay yeah yeah, yeah I'm very empathic too so mm-hmm. I would say that too yeah okay cool yeah so you're already embodying that okay and so then we go into what the sun is and you know there's an analogy that I really love where the rising sign if you were a house the rising would be like the outsides that's what people see and then we go into the house and that's your sun sign And that's where they're like, oh, this is who she really is. That's like the dining room, the living room, the kitchen. We're like, oh my God, she's totally a Virgo. (laughs) (laughs) And that is, you know, the sun. And obviously you have like a lot of planets going on here that we'll get into. But the sun is our essence. It's our ego. It's really like, it's kind of like the air that we breathe where it's like, you don't even think about it. And you're just like, yeah, that's just who I am. It's kind of like if you're a computer, that's your hardwiring. You're like the Virgo computer. <laughs> and with Virgo, and I'm sure that you know all about Virgo, but Virgo really is this purifier. It wants things to just be right. It wants things to be precise and to be perfect. There is a lot of perfectionism in Virgo. And so that's where you have to really watch yourself of, am I being too critical on myself? Am I being critical of other people as well? Am I comparing myself? That's a huge Virgo quality because it just wants everything to be right. And so sometimes there's this constant need to look for like, who are my role models that I'm looking at or what am I comparing myself to so that I can have kind of this like gauge of what is how it should be. And so it's easy sometimes, especially when you're younger to have certain role models or figures that you're holding yourself or other people up against. And so it's really good to just notice if you're ever doing that of like, is this a realistic expectation that I'm putting on myself and putting on others? 
and can I, how can I just let go and like chill? <laughs> because Virgo really just wants everything to like be perfect. And that's the beauty in Virgo though, is that it can walk into a room and it can say, okay, here's a different solution. What if we try this? And it has all of these kind of like natural problem solving skills within it. And like, we need Virgo for that. Otherwise the world would be a mess. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the sun is like the ego. And so you can really experience both that really strong shadow side of the comparison or the thinking that you're not good enough. And also this ability of like, actually, yeah, I am enough. And here is my value. And here's what I offer the world. And even if it's not perfect, it's done. And I did it. And this is my contribution of how I serve. Yeah. I tend to be very critical. Yeah. 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 And, and that's really kind of like a lot of your journey with this Virgo is to learn to not be critical of yourself, but to really step into that self-love and to take that criticism and to turn it into something that is, how do I then use this to push me and propel me into something better or something that then helps me to say, okay, well, here's how I change it and not have any judgment towards yourself and to really focus on a lot of self-compassion and to know like, okay, I am for sure my hardest critic and there's no one else who's even thinking these thoughts that I'm thinking. I'm just like, so in my head about it and, and to accept that and to know, okay, I'm my own worst judge. No one else thinks this way. It's all good. I'm going to let it go and just like go to the beat of my own drum and it's fine. (laughs) And so, you know, then with Virgo also is that Virgo is an earth sign. And so there's this major connection to anything that has to do with the earth and also with healing. Virgo is the sign of healing. So a lot of doctors or um, nurses, nutritionists, people who are in that field will be Virgos. And, but it's very connected to like herbs and using things that are natural and saying, okay, what is the alternative healing? How do we bring in the earth element here and use that for healing? And, you know, it's, there can be this like obsession with like, vitamins and nutrients and like what is my food what is all of this quality because it just wants to analyze everything and so that's something too to watch out for is like in your mind not going into like such analyzation over people and relationships and your podcast and all you know what you look like all of those things because that's just where your mind naturally goes to and it's like a blessing and a curse right because Mm -hmm. you can be this amazing analyzer but then you're like wait I don't want to analyze that (laughs) that's not helping me So that's the essence of the sun. And it's really just who you are. And so knowing that that is like where you shine though too. And so it's really this thing that when you shine as a Virgo, it's you shining in service to other people and saying, here's how I want to help you. And I'm going to help you because I see the criticism in myself or I see the criticism I'm giving you, but let's turn that into something constructive. And that will be kind of like a life lesson that you'll go through throughout your life. And then you have the moon also in Virgo. So have you done any of the apps where you like see what your sun, moon, and rising are? No. Oh, you've never done any of that? Okay, cool. <laughs> this is all brand new to you, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Are you, is it like good so far? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because a lot of people will like learn through the apps and I never really like to recommend the apps though because they can put like weird things in your head. (laughs) So then we go to the moon and the moon represents your needs. It represents who you are at your core. 
And it's really like if you were to have come from some type of tribe or like some type of lineage, like you graduated from the school of something in another life, then it would have been that of Virgo. So it's like your core, your moon, you know how to be a Virgo so much. But then when you decided to have your son here doing that also, you were like, I'm going to know how to be a Virgo and I'm also going to shine that Virgo onto the world. It's not just going to be about, oh, this is who I am deep inside of me, but it's really going to be about how do I then also spotlight that onto other people to help and to serve. Your soul was like, I'm really being a Virgo in this lifetime. (laughs) So the moon is also, you know, it's our needs. It's the way that we process our emotions and it's where our mind goes when we're stressed out also. So it's kind of like, you know, if you think about the, back to that house analogy, the moon is like the bedroom because it's our most private place. It's our inner world. It's where we process things. It's where everything that's just like intimate and sometimes dark goes on. Um, And so when you are in that dark place, that means that it really steps into this Virgo shadow and that I am not enough can sometimes be really, really strong. And so that is that affirmation to really hold on to and to literally say every single day and to come up with like multiple different iterations of I am enough (laughs) and like why you're so freaking awesome, right? So that you can just keep that with you and know because just know that like that is the place that your mind is automatically going to go to is this I am not enough. And so you have to switch it and really kind of almost reprogram that brain of I am of value, I am of great worth, I am lovable, I am enough, and I have all of these gifts to offer. And the best thing for Virgos also, kind of like the practice, because Virgo is this sign of like the Virgin Mary and Mother Mary, is that all that she wanted to do was just like be of service and give her life to people or, you know, become this like impregnated virgin, right? It's like she didn't get the pleasure of sex. She just had a baby. And that is really that frequency of being a person of service. And when you are serving others is when you're really living out this highest calling of yourself. And it's kind of like that negative part of your mind and of that moon here can then shut off. And it's like, oh no, this is your calling. You're doing it. This is where you shine. And this is what makes you feel better. And then also because Virgo, it's all about that analyzation and it's also about organization. So making sure that you just have a very good schedule of things, that you yourself feel organized, that you feel like you have a structure to you is super important. And that will be something that will just kind of like help carry you throughout your life to really flow. But if there's disorder and there's chaos, that's going to like drive you crazy. And you'll just feel like completely out of sorts and be like, I need to make this freaking bed. (laughs) So yeah, does that resonate about like the mind stuff? Yeah, I definitely tend to go there a lot. Yeah. 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 And you know, and that's, that's really the thing I was thinking about, like on this podcast, like with your 20s, it's that I feel like no matter what sign you are, that is just something that everyone goes through, right? Of this, like, I'm not enough. And, and it's really this time of like exploring yourself. But I think that it's really important, especially for Virgo to just be really relaxed and to flow with things. And that even when things don't feel perfect or feel like they're what they should be, is that everything is in divine timing and that it's going to be happening for some reason, even if we don't see it or know what exactly that timing is right now. So that's the sun, moon, and rising aspects. 
And so then you have, you, so you see how you have like a lot of stuff going on in this house. And so the third house, this is why I'm like so stoked that you're doing what you're doing because the third house is the house of communication. <laughs> and so this is all about, you know, being a journalist, being a podcaster, being someone who is being a messenger. And that's exactly what you're doing here. And so we always look to see what house is the sun in, because if we imagine that the birth chart is like a stage and we're spotlighting something, which is really like who you are, how the world's going to see you. That's where we're putting this big spotlight on your son in this third house. So the third house, it's communication, but it's also about your local community. Like, who are you friends with? Do you know your neighbors? Like community is probably just something really, really important to you. Like being on a team or being a part of something where you're like, this is where I really fit in and I'm making a difference and an impact with the people surrounding me somehow. And it's really about being someone who's like, you know, you could either be known in the community or you're just someone who's like always, um, you could like be making friends at the grocery store or like anything where it's just kind of like, oh yeah, I know this guy who lives over here. And it's really like what's happening in the local area. And it's about learning too. So there's a lot of this desire to just be this kind of like eternal student and to forever have like a curious mind. And so then next to it, this is the planet of Mercury. And Mercury is all about communication. So it's funny because you have Mercury in the house of communication and then the sign that rules, well, so each planet also rules a sign and Mercury also rules Virgo. So your Mercury is like super happy here. It's like score. <laughs> like this is like the, one of the best placements for Mercury because this is giving you this extra energy and kind of this extra little like good luck charm almost to be a really good communicator. And since it's in Virgo, Virgo wants to communicate about like, well, what is real? How do we purify things? How do we get better at something? How do we make better systems? You know, the fact that it's like the shit show of my twenties is the name of your podcast is amazing because it's like, well, let's not make it a shit show, right? It's kind of like, that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and so you're like being funny in that way too, because the third house is it's so each house, there's something called like the original order. And this is a little bit like high level, but I think you'll get it. So originally Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. So this house has an Aries flavor, even though it's cancer. So this has a Taurus flavor. So this would mean that this third house has a Gemini flavor, but you're just doing it in Virgo. And Gemini is like a prankster. It wants to have fun. It is very, um, it's just like super youthful and silly and like really, really witty and fast. And so that means that you have a lot of that flavor here as well. So really step into that. And that also means that you are going to have like a lot of different ideas going through your head all the time. And sometimes you might be like, I feel crazy. I have so many things I want to do. How do I do them all? But just know that's normal <laughs> and like normal for you, like for your specific chart and that that's actually a part of your like magnificence and a part of your gift is to be able to have this desire to do all of these things. And since you then have it in Virgo, the earth sign, because when we have earth signs, it gives us the groundedness and the practicality to then say, okay, I have all these ideas. I have these messages that I want to communicate. There's stuff coming through, but how do I like pull them down from, you know, the heavens, the cosmos, whatever etheric placement that they're coming from into my mind and create it and put it into the earth and make it something really beautiful that I can then serve people with. And so you have this like beautiful ability to do that 
and and to put it in a really pretty package because Virgo is going to make everything like really beautiful, you know, no matter what. It's just like there's going to be this element of creativity in there. Do you like singing at all? I do. I'm not good at it, but I do it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine if you're if you think <laughs> maybe you really are good, right? There's your Virgo critic. <laughs> <laughs> Because a lot of Virgos are singers. I mean, you might know that, like Beyonce, um, Freddie Mercury, like so many people, Florence Welsh from Florence and the Machine. And it's because Virgo is that like Virgin Mary energy where it's this very angelic energy that's pulling these messages of service and like allowing them out through the throat in this gorgeous manner that like really touches like your soul. So, you know, and then especially since you have this Mercury here, like definitely sing as much as you can, you know, like once the world is kind of back to normal, if there's any like choirs that you want to be in or anything like that, like do that. And I think that you would feel really, really good. And you would feel this feeling of liberation. And that's also a thing with Virgo too, is that um, you want to be able to like, let go, you know, that there can be like holding on really tightly to the reins of like, this is how it should be. And like, this is what I want it to be. And that's where once you then let go and surrender of any type of forcefulness, then everything will kind of seem to flow there. And it's nice because you have really, so these planets are all what we call like benefic planets because they're all very beneficial to you. Like the sun is obviously where you're shining. Mercury is your thoughts and your ideas. Also the ability to have collaborations with a lot of people. And then the moon is how you feel. And then this right here is Venus. And Venus is what we want and what we desire. And it's the way that we show our love. It's the way that we, it's the way that we also want to receive love. And so this would be that you have this very grounded and practical way of showing people love. You know, like you might give them a compliment or you might give them a gift or you might bake them something. Or it's something where it's just like, well, yeah, this is the obvious way to show love, you know, where there's some other things where it might be a different type of sign, but yours is this very practical way in it. And you really know how to make people feel good and that you have this desire to learn more about the things of the earth. Or are you interested in like any type of herbs or kind of like natural remedies or things like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. So definitely like explore that because I feel that that is something that, um, you can really also go down in, in your path and like really thrive in. And because this like lineup is so amazing where when we look at the order of these planets in this house, it's kind of like the order that a lot of things will happen for you. And this is especially happening in terms of like when you're doing something about communication or if you're doing something in your community because it's in that house. And so it will be that first you'll feel like this is me and you really identify with it. And then you think about it a lot because you have this Mercury here or you have other people who collaborate it with, with you on it. And then the moon is showing that then you might go through some emotions. So maybe you'll feel down about it or you'll feel really, really joyful about it. The moon can kind of shift either way. And then at the end of the day with everything, you're like, ah, this is what I want. This is beautiful. <laughs> and it's like this kind of feeling of sometimes wanting more. And so that's where you also have to be aware of the shadow side of Venus is that it can like, be very indulgent and be like, I want to keep going and I want this and this and this. And so really being happy with what you have. And I think that, you know, adding in a practice like 
ending your day with like journaling down three things you're grateful for or something would be really helpful because it will almost kind of like close that chapter where you still have this desire and dream. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do that. But first let me shift into being grateful for what I know that I already have because, you know, just in general with manifestation for us to be able to manifest, there's kind of like these few steps where we think of, okay, this is what I really want. And then we feel into that energy and really feel of like, this is what it would feel like in my body in my brain in my spirit, the joy of being able to have that. And then we end it with gratitude of like, and I'm so thankful for what I already have. Give me this or something better. And so having this, like, I want this or something better for whenever you're trying to manifest or at the end of the day, when you're like, man, if I could just have like this one thing, always add on or something better, because then you're not attached to whatever that thing is. And it's like, it puts it into the air. And so you're like, there's that element of surrender. And then it's also this kind of element of wonder too, because you're like, Hmm, is there something better that I just like, don't even know about yet. So yeah, so this is a really, really fun placement that you have here with all of this Virgo energy and communication. Okay. Any questions so far? Hmm. Based on looking at my chart, (laughs) what would you suggest in terms of career? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Well, definitely. I think that like anything to do with communication, I would say for sure, because you have so much of this here happening. Also anything where you're working in health, like I was saying, because of all of this Virgo. And then also because this cancer energy helps out with, with being someone who's like really empathic. This could also like, if you're into like baking or anything to do with like things that are of like the home, you would do really well in that too, because of this strong cancer energy. And, you know, this is really interesting. So this house here, this is the 12th house. And so the 12th house, I call it the house of God because it's kind of like this mystery house. It's the things that we can feel, but that we don't see. And first of all, you have your Saturn here and Saturn is there, you know, there's kind of three pieces to really finding like, what is my soul purpose? What am I, what am I here to learn? And one of those is the ascendant. So it's like what you're stepping into And the other is this North node, which um, it's like your destiny, it's your lessons, which is interesting that it's also in cancer. So again, something to do with like being empathic with working with other people, maybe being, I'm really kind of feeling some type of like therapy type of stuff happening. And then also this Saturn, Saturn is known as like the father figure where Saturn is, it's kind of like this way of tough love where it's going to teach us lessons in the hard way. And so we're going to feel like a blockage there. And my favorite analogy that I have of Saturn is that let's say there's like some kids in high school and their parents are going out of town and they're like, sweet, like call everybody over. Let's make jello shots. And like people come over and they're like getting ready to like get lit. And then their parents call them and are like, hey, sweetie, we're actually coming home. Be home in five. And then the kid's like, great. And then the parents come in. They're like, you're grounded. You know, you have to stay home for two weeks and do your chores, whatever but it teaches the kid that lesson, right? And so what Saturn does is it will sometimes give us these blockages so that we have to learn how to find out how to do it ourselves. It will, it's almost like it puts up a wall and we have to learn how to go over it or under it or through it or around it. And with Saturn here in this placement of this house, this is actually putting a block on part of your either your spirituality or on some type of like your subconscious mind that you then have to learn, okay, well, how do I learn all of these things that are really happening in my head? And 
what can I, you know, what different um, courses can I take? What different elements and aspects are there to my mind that will then help me to be a master of my mind and of, of those things that are really, really deep within me? It's, it's kind of like this mystery house that also addiction can lie in this house. And because it's this feeling of like wanting to experience something so deep that's like not human, if that makes sense. And um, it's really this house of transcendence. So learning how to get to a place where you can meditate really well, or maybe you have like certain music. For me, I'm like a big visualization person. And like, I love doing guided visualizations. And that's something that kind of helps me rather than sitting and meditate. Like I like to see things and that helps me to like tap into this part of my subconscious. And I'm like, whoa, that was a trip. <laughs> And so having that ability to do that and to really master these areas of your mind is really cool. And um, this is also, since it's that God house or whatever, it's the house of when people pass over onto the other side that you can actually have this deep connection with whether it's kind of communicating with them or just feeling this presence of spirits. And, you know, you have it very strongly because on top of having your Saturn, where it's like you're supposed to master that, is that you also have Jupiter. Jupiter is my favorite planet because Jupiter is what expands us and it gives us this optimism towards that area of life. And it also, you know, people call it the Santa Claus of the Zodiac because it's like it sprinkles magic wherever it goes. <laughs> and so you have that and it's kind of interesting because it could be like, well, how is there magic in this house of things that we, you know, don't see, but that we feel? And it's like, well, that's the magic of it, right? Because you can kind of tap into that whenever you want. You just need to know that you have this ability because of this Jupiter and the Saturn to tap in. You know, if you have anybody in your family who's passed on, or if you know someone who's ever died, then you can kind of call on their spirit, or you can call on and get to know your own spirit guides and your team of angels. You know, we all have this team of people that we don't see, but that are really our guardian angels and that are protecting us. And so you really have that team that's like watching over you and who's with you. And this is giving you that ability to either connect and communicate with them or to just dive into your own subconscious and maybe even help people through therapy, help people with their minds too. And I think that there's a lot of this ability that you have and that you're supposed to eventually, or, you know, whenever the time is right to do because on top of all of that expansion and, you know, the Saturn is like, it wants us to master it, is that it's in the sign of Gemini. So it's kind of like, you know, the chart always supports each other where there will be little clues where it's like, hey, all of this stuff is the original Gemini house. And then you have this expansion of Gemini over here, over your subconscious. And so this Gemini energy is saying, you're going to learn how to do all of these things of the mind and communicate about it. And you're going to also do it in like multiple different facets because Gemini is like this huge spectrum where it can be the darkest of dark, the brightest of bright, and then everything in the middle. It's like a, you can kind of feel every single emotion of all of that. And so when you do go from those times of like you were saying, like the moodiness and all of that, like just sit with it and be like, okay, this is when I'm feeling this way. This is when I feel shitty. This is when I feel amazing. What does this feel like? And bask in the feelings of that because there's a lot of this ability to be able to do that and to then know this is part of my gift is to know every single emotion and to know every single feeling. And for some reason, maybe it's because eventually 
you're going to be helping people who are feeling that way, you know, and that you have to experience it your own so that you can actually really relate to them and empathize and say, I've been there too. I get it. Yeah. So (laughs) it's like kind of crazy, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. What are you thinking of doing or what's kind of your, what's in your mind right now? Career wise. I don't know. Right now I do have a full-time job, but I know eventually it's going to be something else. So what is your full-time job? Um, Right now I'm a loan officer. A loan officer? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so, right. Is that like your job? Like for now? For now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what eventually it's going to evolve into, but yeah. Yeah. Well, um, does any of the stuff like this, like therapy or helping other people, like the service world, is that like called to you at all? Yeah. I don't know. I have like a couple like different ideas, like bouncing around in my head, (laughs) you know, about different things Mm -hmm. about like, maybe like coaching people or helping people with like Pinterest or like helping people with different things. So I have like a different, a lot of different ideas, like just popping in my head or like workshops or like retreats. So yeah, there's a a lot of things going on in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just like, so this is an interesting thing. So we look at the second house is how we make money. Mm -hmm. And yours is ruled by Leo. And Leo is all about creativity. It's about shining bright. It's kind of like the, the essence of the performer or the star, right? But really, it's about being the leader. And it's about self-expression and expressing, expressing yourself. And so um, when that rules your money house, that means that in a way that you will feel really good in making money is where you can use your creativity. So definitely, um, I think that this podcast is probably giving you an outlet for that, right? With like mm-hmm. connecting with people and being creative. And everything that you just said, like doing retreats or doing social media, that would totally fit into that because Leo is also about the highest level of Leo is when it itself is shining its own light and therefore shining the light and lifting other people up. So it's really like saying and saying, like seeing the beauty and other people and complimenting them or saying, here's how we lift you. Let's get you seen in the media or whatever it might be, or just making people feel really good and feeling warm. And then because you have this Mars here, Mars is the energy of the Navy SEAL, where it's like, let's go, let's do it. Like, this is the action. And so this means that this is where you kind of like get fired up by. You get fired up by being able to do these Leo type qualities, by being able to be a creative, to sing and to dance and to do anything where you feel like you are in your own radical self-expression and not comparing yourself to anyone else, but being like, this is me, like, hear my roar. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, since it's in this money house, this is also the house. When we think about money, it's value, right? And Mm -hmm. also about what is the value that I'm bringing to the table? What is my value on this, this planet? And what do I value in myself? And so again, using that affirmation, really knowing here's why I'm valuable. Here's what I value. And here's the value that I bring. And to never second guess that. And, and you know, this having the Mars is that sometimes there can be this fight within yourself of I'm trying to fight to find what that value is. And you just have to say, okay, well, instead of having it be a fight, let me look to the other aspect of Mars. If we think of Mars as like fire, then it's really like, well, what is it that lights me up? 
And what is it that's within me that can be this beautiful burning flame and can inspire other people as well? And that, that inspiring people, I think is kind of like the best way of then making your money and really self-expressing yourself with this Leo and not, you know, giving an F about what anybody else thinks because you're just like, I'm in my own zone and I'm self-expressed and like, here we go. And like, join in on the party if you want to. And if not, bye. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. And then you also have, or go ahead, were you going to ask a question? No, I'm just thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Anything coming to mind that's like popping out about all this? Mm. So based on like, seeing people's chart can you see like different blocks in their life like can you see like relationship blocks can you see like different things going on in their life oh yeah for sure so mm -hmm, because there's different so really the blocks are going to be this saturn right where this is like because you also have saturn and gemini this can be so gemini the energy of gemini is that it likes to communicate it likes to talk it also is the social butterfly it's like the networker And shadow side is that it can sometimes be gossipy or it can be two-faced, right? I feel like everyone's like, oh, two-faced Gemini, that's kind of like the main like negative news source or whatever. And when you have Saturn there, Saturn is either going to go one way or the other, where it's like really, really strong Gemini, where you're like super, super extroverted and like really into networking and you want to talk all the time and like talk to people. Or there's a block where it's like, I feel like I don't have my tribe yet, or I don't have like my group of friends and I don't really fit in with these types of people. And maybe you got gossiped about or, you know, something kind of along those lines where there was like this pain point within that Gemini realm for you. And, you know, the Saturn though is like, it turns into a block, but it's because it wants us to grow from it. It wants us to then become the master of that. And so we get blocked there, but then with time, we overcome it and you become, oh, well, I'm really good at networking and I'm really good at communication. And I know what it feels like to be hurt or to not have friends and to have people betray me and something, especially since it's in this 12th house, that it really affected my psyche and even kind of like my mental well-being probably. And then that is something that then forces you to grow from all of that. Does that resonate? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, so then we have all of these lines here, what we call aspects, and the aspects are kind of what make the chart come alive, because what happens is that where all of these different planets are placed is where they're, quote unquote, like talking to each other. And so your Saturn is in this opposition over here. So it's directly opposing to this planet called Pluto. And Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth. It's of regeneration of transformation this is really that element that sometimes makes us feel like oh my god this is so painful i feel like i'm dying (laughs) and then we have to build ourselves back up and so when you have this opposition of saturn and pluto is that there can this is a this is a really tough opposition actually that makes you grow up really fast and probably makes you mature very quickly because you're going to have to go through certain experiences that make you really say what is it that I want in my life? And is what I've been doing in my past something that's helpful for me or is it hurting me? And how can I then get over it? And that could be something that it's either that you've done or that maybe there's been family members, but something that could have happened and and can still be happening in your life where 
you have to kind of like reassemble the pieces and put them together in a new structure and actually be very disciplined about doing that for you to then say, okay, here's something different that I'm birthing to do it in this whole new way and create beauty instead of pain. So yeah, this Pluto can be very difficult because it is what can feel like it is it's completely changing and transforming who you are. And for us to go through transformations, it's sometimes not very pretty, right? It's like we have to go through that cocoon phase and that's where it actually hurts and it's dark and we're like, am I ever getting out of here? And then finally, like the light comes again and we're out of that tunnel and then we move forward. Have you had any like health scares or anything like that in your life? Yeah. Yeah, because this Pluto is in the house of health. And so that would show that if you've had things like that, that, you know, maybe you almost were gone or you had some like very scary disease or, you know, something along those lines, that is what's here. And that is what had to transform you. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, this is in the house of Sagittarius. And, you know, this is actually a really nice placement is because Sagittarius is about, it's kind of like three main topics where it's about higher education higher uh, spirituality, like getting really into meditating or yoga or just learning about spirituality in general, and then long distance travel. And so this can say that part of that healing process for you is to really get into those three things. How do I learn more? How do I take my spirit higher out of this 3D realm that can be very suffocating and feel like I'm dying sometimes and say, how do I then like astrally travel and bring my soul into something higher because there's always something higher. And then how do I, um, maybe going somewhere is gonna get you out of, if it's a depression or some type of slump or something, then you go to Thailand or you go to you know Bali or something and that is kind of what heals you, is this going the distance, is something that can bring you even further healing because you realize, oh yeah, the world is so big and expansive. And I can build something so beautiful and I don't have to die from this one thing, but I can actually be reborn into what I want to be. Yeah, it's funny that you said that because I was actually thinking about going to Bali <laughs> next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh-huh. you totally should. And I think that that would be a place that would really um, like rejuvenate you and it's deep deep healing because Mm -hmm. you can know too that since you have the Sagittarius that when you want to get your own health better or even if let's say you somehow end up working in something that does have to do with like health or coaching then being this international type person will serve you for sure and that you'll probably have luck over there too that it's kind of like that is where you're going to go and you will transform and doing retreats there would be really Mm -hmm. amazing right and even if you went and did like a service project abroad somewhere like that would really light you up too Mm -hmm. yeah so um then let's see i'll do one more thing so this here is your mc so the mc is actually i'll do a couple more things (laughs) something else the mc is it represents our career and so this is in the 10th house and so the 10th house is actually also the house of career and so this means that there's going to be a huge emphasis on career in your life and you probably feel that already i mean yeah you're like doing this (laughs) (laughs) um when i was 19 i was like figuring out my school life you know it's like (laughs) you're you're on it already and so 
it's in the sign of Aries, which is all about being a self-starter. It's the ultimate entrepreneur. So you're definitely meant to be an entrepreneur. It's about being really independent and being courageous and not letting anything get in the way. It's really this like fiery trailblazing energy of like, if there's a will, there's a way and I just have to do it, you know? And so it's also, if you notice that this is at a zero and also your Saturn is at a zero. And what that means is that it is like extremely strong for you. When, when we have a zero or a 29, because it's the beginning of the house or the end of the house is when it's like, boom, let's go. And especially since it's zero, that's, it's almost kind of like this kid energy that's like, running free like naked for the first time you know like it just wants to explore and to do it and it's like let's get shit done and like let's go for it and so you know you're gonna have this energy where when you get an idea for business it's like there's no stopping you you know and you're gonna be on fire with it so really lean into that and know that you have this strong ability to be this almost like a visionary and this trailblazer and where nothing's gonna get in your way but also make sure that you're completing these projects too, because one of the shadows of Aries is that it can just start so many things, but then not finish. And so, you know, that can probably also kind of play into this Virgo energy here too, where you're like, I never finished it because it wasn't ever perfect enough or it wasn't ever good enough, right? So really let one of your mottos be done is better than perfect. <laughs> and go for that and, and tap into this. And then the last things that I want to say is that, so you have this eighth house and the eighth house is it's really the house of kind of like magic and mysticism it's the house of it is the house of also death and rebirth because it's this continual cycle of life and of transformation and you have neptune here and neptune is the uh planet of it's it's kind of like poseidon like the god of the sea where there's this element of inspiration through water and it's inspiration where it feels like, oh my gosh, I'm like stepping into this beautiful like Balinese ocean and it's very inspired and I feel like I could sing a song and create something and this is where like ideas come to me. But it's also the shadow of water is that it can be like this really rough, turbulent storm that we feel like we're lost in or that it feels like it's really hazy. And so that can bring on where you transform in a way that, again, there can be kind of like some type of addiction energy there, or it can be something where you don't even realize that you're transforming or you're having to go through something that feels like maybe there's a big loss for you. And then that is what then can bring you into that spiritual side of it. And so you want to know that you have in your house of transformation, that it can sometimes be very, very stormy, or you can step into the side of, let me take the meditative side and let me go to this higher side of it rather than allowing the storm to consume me all of the time. And that when you do step into that spiritual state of it, then that is when the true transformation can really occur. And then this last planet here is Uranus. And Uranus is the planet of um, spontaneity. And it's kind of like this bright lightning bolt that will just all of a sudden like change things up and it just shakes, it shakes the earth and it shakes your world. And so you could have random things that happen to you where you're like, whoa, all of a sudden I was just forced to transform. Or since this is that house of death and rebirth, it could be that suddenly someone does pass and it fully changes your life, you know? Um, or just that there's something in this where it's like, I had to go through this darkness very, very quickly 
but then it left this imprint on me that forever transmuted me into something beautiful and it really alchemized my life's journey. Mm. Yeah. And you know, we also grow into our chart. So like you being 20, like you've got a lot of this stuff to <laughs> come and happen. <laughs> and it's amazing that you can even feel some of this already. Um, but yeah, it's going to kind of like continuously keep growing. No, it's so interesting because you brought <clears throat> up a lot of things that I thought were like crazy or, you know, like what's going on, <laughs> but now it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Anything specific? Definitely the the one of going through transformation, the one that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, been through some crazy stuff like the last couple months. I feel like that one's definitely happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also let me do this really quick. So this is, um, it's called the transits. And this is what shows what's happening in our lives currently. So when people make predictions and horoscopes and everything, it's because of what's happening in the sky right now. And so in terms of like a lot of these changes, let's see where your Uranus is. So Uranus is that planet of change. And right now where it is, is it's over your house of Taurus. And Taurus represents the family. It represents our actual home. It represents the way that we make money. It represents our sense of value. And, and really like at the end of the day, it's all about comfort and security. And so this could be a change in the way that you feel valuable or the way that you feel secure or like the, where your home is, or if you're moving, this is kind of that energy for moving. And it's also in the 11th house, which is friendships and groups and people that you associate with. So if you've had like friendship or, you know, people who've been in your life, that change, that's totally that energy right there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then a big shift in relationships too. Um, because over your relationship house is where all of these, these three planets right here, Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter are really what is going on astrologically in the sky that has been kind of the catalyst for COVID happening, for the exposure of all the pedophilia that's going on and human trafficking and everything that's really coming to light now where a lot of government and like these people that we've idolized as a culture are really being exposed And that's because it's this really heavy energy of Saturn that is saying, I'm the father, let's get things right, get this stuff in order. And Pluto is that death and rebirth of like, and people are going to die in the meantime. (laughs) And, you know, it's going to be kind of soul crushing to also see what's really happening in some parts of the world. And then Jupiter is expanding it and saying, it's not just here in the United States. This is a global pandemic. This is a global issue of, um, trafficking of things going on we're exposing people on this mass media large level so if you think about the energy of what's happening in the collective that is happening to you in your area of partnerships and relationships and it's almost like you have to then rebuild what is my structure for the people who I want to be intimate with for the people that I call my best friends for my any type of like business relationships because this is also contracts for people that we work with on like a one-on-one basis so that is really being restructured and resurfaced as well do you have like any relationship or friend stuff going on like that where it's like changing yeah yeah Yeah. it's changing yeah 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 and I totally imagine that too because I mean like I mean I don't know you at all right but like I feel (laughs) you're 20 And you're doing something where you're really stepping into this world of podcasting and being an entrepreneur and like 
you know, this kind of like health and wellness potential and like very, like you're very evolved already that most 20 year olds, 19 year olds, 21 year olds are not at your level. And that is something yeah. to know, you know? Yeah. And, yeah right? I've been experiencing that one. Yeah. 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 And, and it's not like you're better than them or they're better than you, but it's just yeah. you have different goals. And the more that you just follow your own path and you're like, this is what feels right to me start meditating and really using affirmations too of like, it's easy for me to attract the right friends or to attract the right tribe because it can be really lonely and really hard to be like, I'm doing all of this by myself and where are my friends who are doing it? They're all out partying or they're all doing like whatever stupid stuff <laughs> like 20 years <laughs> want to do. And it can feel isolating, but that's where, you know, this is what my heart is wanting me to do. And I'm supposed to be doing this. And this chart can really validate that for you, that you are on the right path. And that you need to just keep listening to yourself, keep tuning into your own psyche, like know that, like really lean in on this Jupiter that's in Gemini of like you being this awesome communicator and of being someone who can really tap into that other side of kind of like getting into your own subconscious and use that. And don't let any of the distractions of like people who don't get it get to you because people who don't get it are not worth your time, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's weird because I've always draw- been drawn to people like 10 years older than me, 11 years older than me. Like I've just always been drawn to older people for like friendships and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, well, you're an old soul. And, you know, also because the seventh house, so this is really funny, actually, is that your seventh house of friendships and relationships is ruled by Capricorn and Capricorn is like the old wise woman. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, you want to have these friends who are like grandmother Willow and Pocahontas who are like, (laughs) 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 so I mean, yeah, you're doing it. And, and you're also, I think that all of this stuff of those relationships is that these people are appearing in your life, the ones that you actually do want to be associated with. And the more that you just keep doing this and keep being disciplined about it and having the routine of your podcast and of anything else that's bringing these people into you is where anyone who is not kind of like worthy of your time will be shed, you know, like Mm -hmm. shedding skin and shedding layers. And, and then that Jupiter is going to follow and it's going to really bless you and bring you, here's what you've been working for. Like, here's that abundance of the community and the people that you do want to have around you. Yeah, I really feel that one. <laughs> I'm definitely really experiencing that one right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so the, the thing about the North node where it's like our lessons and our destiny and all of that is that currently it's transiting. It just started in May where it's going through the house of Gemini and it goes through for 18 months. And so for the next 18 months, I really encourage you to like be super um, open to like learning any new thing that you can that has to do with like your work and your ability to communicate and your ability to network because it's kind of like these lessons are going through that Gemini house. So you have so much Gemini energy in terms of this and in terms of all of this being in your third house to really be like, okay, what does it mean to be a Gemini? Like look up different things about Gemini and go, I actually have a lot of Gemini energy too. So (laughs) it's really like, this is the time to learn a lot of new things to kind of have a beginner's mind and be like, Oh, what else could I do? And since it's in this psyche house, like how can I rewire or reprogram my brain in any ways that I need to, to get me even further and help me to be a better learner too. Yeah. So you have this great 
you know, next 15 months or so um, that are going to be really, really focused on the communication and on the network. Yeah, I was just thinking about this course. There was this course I wanted to join and it was all about like creating videos for LinkedIn and stuff like that. So I found it funny that you just brought up communication and you brought up courses because I was already thinking about that um, like a week ago. I was just really thinking about that one. Yeah. Oh my gosh, amazing. (laughs) Yeah, astrology doesn't lie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I know. I think that's all for now. So let me know if like any other questions do come up. Yeah. Well, like I want to know about like your journey and how you got into all of this and like, where did this start for you? You know, it's funny because, so I'm a Taurus and when I was younger, I would always like read the horoscopes and I would be into it, but I actually didn't really resonate that much with Taurus because I just saw it's materialistic and it's lazy and like it's really stubborn and so of course like I was being stubborn didn't admit that I was stubborn which I totally am stubborn but I didn't really feel that called and so I was like "Mm, whatever and then six years ago some of my best friends and I were in Bali and had an astrology reading and the astrologer told me that I have all of this Gemini energy and that I also have a lot of Leo energy And when I learned that, that's my sun, moon, and rising is Taurus sun, Gemini moon, and Leo rising. I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense because I always had this thing within me that I also wanted to sing and I wanted to dance and be creative. And I went to school for journalism and, you know, I really actually wanted to be a screenwriter. Um, And I never thought that any of those Taurus qualities related to my goals and to really who I felt like I was. So once he told me that, that was kind of like where it like cracked it open for me a little bit. And then I continued living my life. I was living in San Francisco at the time. and I was actually working in tech, like feeling like my soul was dying. (laughs) I, you know, it's funny. It was actually just in the last year that I was living in LA and I was listening to a podcast with someone who was talking about their own soul journey with astrology and how we have all of these different planets in different places. And at the time, I didn't know that. I thought that you just had your sun, moon, and rising, and that was it. And she was describing, oh, you have your Venus, which is your desires and what you want, and you have Jupiter, which is your expansion, and you have your North Node and your destiny. And I was like, oh my God, like I like ran home and downloaded like a free astrological chart guide. And I was like, I need to know everything. <laughs> like my Gemini moon was like going crazy. And so um, I just started learning, you know, kind of teaching myself in a sense of listening to different YouTubes and reading books on what each placement means. And then I took a few courses and to be honest, like over a three month period um, of taking those classes and, you know, I worked with one private teacher, it just came to me. And I kind of, to be honest, feel like it's something that I did in a past life (laughs) and that it just like reactivated. I feel like there was a point that someone just like pressed a button and it was like downloading astrology information and it just kind of came back. Um, And then from there, you know, I was also working with a lot of clients just on nutrition. And I said, I really want to add this component into the nutrition piece because this is what's telling us this is somebody's need. This is why they have this pattern. Maybe this is why they have a really negative body image or why they, um, they can't work out or, you know, whatever it is, we could kind of pinpoint that within the chart. So I started adding that in with my nutrition clients. And then by December of last year, I was at a manifestation circle and one of my friends that one of my friends was hosting and at the end, I just had this like very strong prompting 
to just randomly be like, hey guys, I'm doing donation-based astrology readings if anybody's interested. And I had a ton of people come up to me after and then did a reading with um, that first person two nights later and she was like crying and she was like, you just really validated like all of my dreams. And so I was like, okay, this is like my purpose. This is something that I want to be able to give to people to help find their purpose and that in turn really fulfills me. And what was your journey like, like leaving your job and doing astrology and nutrition full time? Like, did you know it was going to happen so fast? Did it happen fast for you? Or was it like a slow transition? Like going into all of this, like before? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was a very slow transition. Um, mm. I mean, I have worked so many jobs in my life. And I was so confused on what I was supposed to do for such a long time. But that's why astrology was really meaningful for me because I always knew that I had this deep thing to give to people, but I never knew what it was or how to do it. I mean, I've kind of worked in everything from when I actually graduated college, I was a music and nightlife journalist and I lived in Las Vegas and like partied with all of these big DJs and like interviewed them. <laughs> it was like very opposite of what I'm doing now, like 10 years ago. And then I, I mean, I came with, like an alcohol company. Like I did like so many different things. I worked in tech. I worked in marketing and sales in startups. And then it was finally when I knew that I was going to get into nutrition, that even that journey was like a three-year journey where I didn't know what the right program was and nothing was really working. And it was really frustrating. And I felt so like lost and I felt very just let down by God kind of, because I was like, I'm trying so hard to do this and I'm putting so much effort in and nothing is happening. Nothing is showing up. How long do I have to keep surrendering for? And you know, there's something in astrology too, where we have basically, uh, if we look at your Jupiter, my Jupiter is in what's called the eighth house. This one that is of like that kind of mysticism. And so I have that expansion there. But I had the planet Neptune, which can make things very, very foggy. And it can like take things away from you very quickly. And it can almost mystify things. And it can really deceive you because you think that something's there and then it's not. And so that Neptune was over my Jupiter for like a year and a half. And so there was this whole period where I would be like, oh my gosh, this is the big thing. This is the school I'm going to go to. This is the internship I'm going to do. And then like gone. And so I was going through that. It was actually like pretty much all of 2018 and like up until like mid of 2019 that I was like crying all the time. There were like a bunch of different master's programs for nutrition that I was going to go to. And ultimately I didn't, uh, I ended up going to one and I right away, it was like not the right thing for me. And so it was this very long and arduous path to actually get there. And that really just shows that when we have things happening in the planets, there's just not a right time. Sometimes you can try and try and try to manifest, but if the planetary alignment isn't there for you, then you have to wait until it's the right time. And is there anything that you can't tell from your birth chart or can you tell like a lot of things from just looking at it? Well, the thing that's different is that, you know, you can tell, I think you can pretty much tell all of the energy, but it's mm -hmm. not like I'm going to say, you know, on Tuesday, March 11th, 2025, you're going to be a man named Mark. Like, <laughs> we're not going to have the details. That's the thing. And that's where the fun is, is that astrology really is this blueprint where it's almost kind of like this beautiful outline. And then with our free will and our free agency is how we then kind of fill in. And then this happened. And we don't even realize that that energy is already there. 
So it's not like we're complete marionettes of like, and then she went to the store, but that we're the ones who kind of make all of this happen. And it's just that no matter what, that energy is there, but there's multiple ways that it can play out. And how do you like tap into your intuition during your readings? So the way that I tap into my intuition is that I actually do kind of my own little ritual before I start every single session. And within that ritual, I first just, you know, I'm Reiki trained and with Reiki, you really allow yourself to be this hollow vessel for anything to come through you. And so I kind of do a little bit of Reiki on myself to let that I am this channel for anything that you and the client needs to hear so that it's not my own projection. And then I also call in your spirit guides and I call in any ancestors or anybody who wants to be a part of your team in giving you the messages that you need to hear. And so I don't even really say that it's from me. It's really just kind of, this is what your chart says and what anybody else in you know, the realm wants you to hear at that time. And how do you talk to your spirit guides? Man, a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, spirit guides are an interesting thing because there's kind of lots of different concepts of them. I think that first of all, getting to know them through meditation is the top way and praying to them. And so there's kind of a few different ways where you could sit in a meditation and feel the spirit of something coming to you. You know, um, I was in an amazing herbalism program where we would do what we call plant spirit meditation. So we would drink different teas, all non-psychoactive, just regular herbs. And we would feel where is this tea landing in my body? What is the spirit? What is the form of this tea? What comes to me? And, you know, in a lot of my meditations, I would have these beautiful different visions that were almost kind of like children's books or something where they'd be like actual stories. And then sometimes I would just see something. And I really felt like a lot of those times, those things and those visions that were coming to me were like actual spirit guides. And there was one in particular where I would always get this Black Panther coming to me. And so I really looked to the Black Panther as one of my spirit guides. And it's funny because mm, I always see Black Panther stuff everywhere. And um, I one time was in like a sound bath and this woman who was leading the sound bath, while we're in the sound bath, she just placed something in my hands. And I was like, what is this? And at the end, I opened my eyes and it was um, a statue of a panther that she had, that she had gotten from Peru. And I asked, and I was like dying. I asked her afterwards, I was like, why did you put that in my hand? Did you give something to everyone? And she was like, no, I didn't give anything to anyone else. We just had this in our altar and I felt really called to bring it to you. And so that's just like these confirmations. And I think that when you want to meet your spirit guides and you want to connect with them, first of all, you need to be really open and you need to just kind of surrender yourself and say, okay, I'm ready to meet you. I'm ready to um, connect deeper to this tribe that is with me. Can you please give me some type of answer or show me something or let me feel you? And when you sit in that meditation and that can be sitting if you have like some beautiful music in the background, or if you're just really tapped into your breath, or if you do a guided visualization, that you can allow those to come to you. And putting your place, yourself in places where there are opportunities, whether it's going to a breathwork class or going to meditation or doing a meditation online, then that really opens up this whole kind of veil that then you can really tap in and to find them. And if you have trouble doing that on your own, there's a lot of really great coaches um, who can kind of help see that within you. There's someone that I even worked with named Sarah, who's amazing. And she 
um, would kind of see these people for me and she would guide me through different meditations of you know, going to different star galaxies or who do you see here? And having someone lead you through that is really nice as well because it helps you to just kind of like tap in deeper and remember when sometimes we get into our own way and we're thinking, this is stupid, like there's no spirit guides, you know? <laughs> but then when someone else is guiding you, it's like, oh yeah, my thoughts aren't in, my, in the forefront anymore and it allows something else to just come in. And earlier you were mentioning how you love to do guided visualizations. Are there any ones that you recommend doing? Where do you find your visualizations? Yeah, <clears throat> you know, Insight Timer, the app is a free app and they have really beautiful ones. I would say that, yeah, I think Insight Timer is my favorite one. My other main ones that I love is that I'll actually kind of do it to myself. And this is something that you can do to yourself. This is actually a really fun thing, is to write your own meditations. For anybody, I think this would actually be really good for you too, because I know you have all that Gemini energy. So you have a lot of that creativity. If you sit down and you pretend that you were to write a meditation for someone else, you know, if you just thought, what do I want them to see? Okay, imagine that you have a white light coming through you. Imagine that your breath is this beautiful vessel that is connecting all of your chakras. Imagine that you are <clears throat> walking through a gate and that this gate has this beautiful path for you to go down and you see this animal. What type of animal is it? And you can write this actually as if you're going to write it and say it to someone else and then actually just kind of remember it and do it for yourself and see what happens there because there's something that's so beautiful about when it's coming from our own soul about this power that it can unlock within us. And we realize at the end of the day, all of this is just inside. We just have to put the key in and actually unlock it there. And what was the start of your personal development journey? What happened? Man, it, it started when I was very young. <laughs> when I was very, very little. So I was raised, I was actually raised Mormon. And so I've always had this kind of self-development aspect to myself, just because that's a part of you know, any religion is like being a better person. And, but really my dad, he would buy me these books that were all self-development books when I was like 12, 13 years old, like how to win friends and influence people for kids or, or no, it's not that one. It's seven habits of um, highly productive people for kids. And so that was like one of my first books. And then when I was like in, in high school and stuff, when I was 16 or something, I um, asked my dad for a bunch of these books and he got me, um, uh, how to, what's the Napoleon Hill book? How to, it's something about like how to, it's a, I'm going to find you the, the title of it, but it's like about making money or the science of growing rich is one of them. Um, and so all of these books that were about that, I was just always really obsessed with that. But I think that the actual growth really happened when I was living in Las Vegas and I was working as this music journalist and I got really sick. I was drinking all the time. I was partying and out and about, and it was a part of my job, but I um, started getting all of these gut issues. And so through that, I had to, you know, stop going out. I had to figure out what the heck was going on with me. And I went to these Western doctors, regular medical doctors who didn't know what was going on. And I had to get a surgery. It was like very invasive and it didn't work. And so after that, I like fell into this deep depression. I was like, what, like, what's going to happen? Like, I'm just going to be miserable forever. And I moved back to my parents' house in the Bay Area by San Francisco. And um, I started going to acupuncture. And it was through acupuncture and changing my diet, stopping drinking, 
having a very de-stressed lifestyle that all of a sudden I kind of awoken to all of this because I had to let go of these other things that I thought were really fun and that at the time were totally fun but I also was very much living in my ego where I was like I'm this music journalist like I'm 25 I'm doing all these things that are really cool and that was not serving me and that actually was like this huge hit for me also because I was like what am I now like I don't have all these emails coming in like I don't have people who want to talk to me all the time like my phone's not ringing off the hook and I had to really realize like that's not who you are that's not what makes you cool or what makes you special or a good person um that's just your job and so I really had to learn to not identify with my job and to really lose the ego and just say well who is Natalie what am I and how can I heal and so once I started eating healthier foods and started just kind of not being all about me 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 is when all of these other things kind of started to align and um after that I actually took like a year and a half off and I went and traveled throughout um Spain and I lived in South America for a year and I um it was incredible. And that was kind of what also opened me up to, oh my gosh, there's this whole other side of life that is about community and love and warmth. And it wasn't this rat race that sometimes the US is very much all about, about like making it. And it was more of just let's enjoy life and let's be good people and let's dance and enjoy good food and listen to music. And, and then that kind of put me onto this path of this is the way that I want to live. And I also want to involve service and have me continually grow and I'm still on a path like we always are all still on a path and how did you attach um detach your identity from your job oh man I'm trying to get this lighting (laughs) (laughs) it's okay you have like a purple light going (laughs) (laughs) you know detaching from my job was really hard to be honest because I realized now and I realized then that I was really, really attached to my ego and that I was really attached to proving myself to people that I wanted to be cool. I wanted to like, and you know, it sounds so stupid, right? But it's really true. Like I wanted to be known. I wanted to be important. I wanted to be um, needed. And a lot of it was just this insecurity. Like when I was in high school, I didn't have like this huge group of friends. Like I kind of had like my few friends and it was good, but I always was like, I want to be this and I want to like show off. And, and so when I moved to Vegas and when I worked in that job, like I really was kind of in this position where I could do that. And I loved like touting that around of like who I was. Um, And then when all of that dissolved, I really had to take a step back and say, okay, well, what is, what else is there? You know, if it's not me being this like, journalist that's hanging out in the DJ booth with Steve Aoki and Diplo, then who am I without that identity? And what else is there? And that really catapulted me into there's this whole other amazing world. And it's actually not about any of the names or the ego or the materialism whatsoever. And um, I started reading a lot of self-help books too. And, you know, You Are a Badass is still to this day. Have you read that book? Yeah. Yeah, that's still to this day, like one of my favorite books, because she's so hilarious. And I started reading a lot of those types of books. And I was like, oh, wow, I can actually create my whole own new reality. And not this thing that the system tells us is what we should do or what's cool, or um, how I'm going to make a lot of money. And did you have any trouble like quitting that job? Like, 
on paper it looks good you're having this life where you get to talk to these people you're making money did you have any problems like letting go of that or I did yeah and you know it's funny because it was this thing that I never even thought that it was a possibility to let go of it but I had this moment where it's funny some of my friends and I from that job we were all actually partying on a cruise ship <laughs> um, we were on this this boat party I don't know if they still even do it anymore but it was this festival that was like on a boat called holy ship and there were all of these famous people there and I was interviewing them <clears throat> and I remember that I, when I would drink, I would also get really, really depressed the next day. And I think that, and it was like the depression where I was just like beside myself. And I was like, I don't think this is a normal type of hangover. Like there's something very deep about this. And um, <clears throat> there was a guy there who was like a mutual friend that I didn't really know, but we were talking and he was like, you just seem really down. And I was like, yeah, it's when I drink. And I was like, like, and to be honest, I'm just like not happy in Vegas and I have these health issues. And he was just like, well, what's keeping you in Vegas? What's keeping you doing this? And it really took someone else asking me who, especially someone who I didn't know, right? Like I couldn't just be like, mm -hmm. oh, cause it's cool, whatever. It's fine. Like it was someone who was so unbiased and I was like, you're right. Why, why the heck am I still doing this? And it was from that moment. And I remember I told one of my best friends who used to work with me at the magazine that I was like, I'm going to quit. Like I have to. And then when I did quit and I, you know, wrote it all down and put my letter in and they were all shocked. And I just said, I have to take care of myself and my health and that this lifestyle is actually really destructive for me. And, you know, it was 25 and I was 25 and in such a short amount of time, I had been putting so much pressure onto myself mentally, physically. I was just like killing my body. Um, and, you know, I even got in a lot of trouble and I've actually never said this on a podcast before, but I had like DUIs, like I was like really in it. And I say that with no shame now, because when you're at that age and when you're sometimes just looking for something and you're looking for like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is fun. That that's what I just thought was normal. And it was um, really eye opening that I had to go through that and I had to live in the shame of you know, being in trouble with the law or being in trouble because I made these mistakes. But I think that that is what then took me to this. I had to hit the lowest of lows, you know, for then me to be like, something really needs to change. And I feel like that was God, the universe saying, here's your wake up call, honey. <laughs> like, we're going to throw you in jail if you don't like change somehow. Mm -hmm. And that was really what made me think like, what the heck am I doing? I have to tell my parents this. I, ha I mean, DUIs are so expensive. Mm -hmm. And it also, it lingered with me for a while. You know, these were 10 years ago. And I remember that when I um, moved back to living in San Francisco, so I had the DUIs and then I went and I traveled and everything. When I moved back to San Francisco, I get a phone call when I was going to get my new license and they were like, you can't get a license. You still need to do traffic school or DUI school. And I was like, no, I took those online. I thought that I had already cleared it all out. And so this was literally, I think this was in 2015. So it was like five or six years, six years after I'd even gotten the DUIs. And at this point I didn't drink anymore. Like I was very clean. I was kind of like headed onto more of my spiritual path. And it still haunted me. I had to pay probably $10,000 to do it. You know, I had to go sit in these meetings every week. And that was really painful. And that was this thing where I was like, oh my gosh, like what are these mistakes that I made? But then also it gave me this compassion for myself of 
this was just the place and point in life that I was in and I made these decisions. And if I hadn't have made those decisions, I wouldn't be where I am now. And I think more importantly, I wouldn't be able to understand and empathize and to relate to other people who also have those issues, you know? And, and, and to not even look at it as like an issue. It's really just a phase of our lives and it's a phase that we can also shut off or that we can really work hard on getting past and through and that we don't need to be ashamed or embarrassed and we just need to accept it as, hey, this is a beautiful part of life and that's what I liked doing back then. And now, you know, I don't, I don't drink at all and I don't really touch anything kind of in that arena because I don't need it. Like I have mm. natural high from the spiritual life and, and it's not like, oh, I get high from meditating all day, but there's just like so many other things. There's like all these fun herbs and like, there's just so much excitement that feels so much better that I can go to a club. Like I love music and I love dancing. I can go to a club or a music festival and be like the craziest dancer. And like my friends and I will do that. None of us are on anything. And it's like, because you're just living out of being high and joyous yourself. And so it's finding that place that you also can be uninhibited or um, drop the insecurity of like, what are people thinking about me? And just go for, this is just who I am. I'm just going to be free and express myself. And that when you have that freedom is when you don't need anything else and you really can just step into yourself and live your best life. <laughs> and do you think to have a breakthrough, we need like those breakdown moments? Because I feel like a lot of the breakthroughs happen through that breakdown moment, Anna. I do think so, to be completely honest. And I think that that's where, you know, it's similar to in our astrology birth charts, we have the planet Pluto, which is that death and rebirth sign, where that energy is what is going to actually make us change. Because I do think that you have to hit rock bottom a lot of times, or you maybe have to witness someone else, maybe someone who's um, your partner or a very close family member that is going to force you to say, this is not how I will live my life anymore. I don't accept this as my reality and I'm going to change. Typically we do all have to go through something really hard. That's, it's kind of like the story, right? It's like the hero's journey where you have to face that villain, whether it's an actual villain in the world or in a substance or something within you and yourself. And you have to kind of have a little death from it and then be reborn. And can you go into, you were talking about natural highs that you experience. Could you go into like some of the natural highs? Totally. So it's funny because it popped into my mind when I was like 17, um, I would go up to San Francisco. So I grew up in a little city that's a little bit south from San Francisco. My friends and I, we would like sneak into the city and go to concerts and stuff. And I remember one time we went to Urban Outfitters and this was like when Urban Outfitters was not what Urban Outfitters was today. There were maybe like five stores or something. And I had this shirt that was like this blue t-shirt with a big cloud on it. And it said, get high on yourself. And it was my favorite shirt. Like, I don't know why that just popped in my mind, but like, I just think that the best way of like those natural highs are doing anything that lights you up and puts you in that meditative state or in that state where you're just like, yes, and gives you energy. So I think like dancing, singing, if you like writing, anything like that, anything where you feel like yourself is coming through is that place that can give you that. And um, the biggest things also are like being in nature, you know, that is what is going to, it kind of puts you into this place also where you realize how small you are and how everything else is this beautiful cycle and how we are just a part of that cycle. Like we are literally made 
of the same elements of stardust and as the trees and as the flowers and as the herbs, like we're all a part of this process of like oxygen and, you know, we're taking the photosynthesis and all of that. And living in wonder is a way to have that natural high because when you're kind of in this childlike state where it's like, what's going to happen next, then you can get excited. And instead of being, um, you know, really cynical or just having expectations or judgments, then we can say, well, I wonder what's going to happen or what is the magic in this? And um, even kind of asking, you know, show me some magic today, show me something, some synchronicity. And once you can find those things, then it can give you that high and it can give you that little oomph and that little burst to your day of, oh, wow, like there is a lot that can happen. And that is that natural high where it just lifts you up. I also think travel is an amazing one, experiencing different cultures or just going somewhere really, you know, beautiful that takes your breath away. Um, and there's a few herbs too that I love. I've studied herbalism and a lot of herbs that you can drink as a tea or take as a tincture. You can even smoke different herbs. <laughs> um, but there's some that are called consciousness shifting. And these are really good also for people who love smoking weed and don't want to smoke weed, but they, it's almost like they want that feeling of smoking something um, that can actually take their brain into a place where it's just more open and it brings you into that wonder state and can bring you into a deeper meditative state too. So, you know, really working with what are the plants that are just in nature that don't have these psychoactive effects, but do have effects to calm us down or to lift our spirits. And what are some of those herbs that we can use? So my personal favorite is one called Egyptian blue Lotus. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. So it's like an actual Lotus flower and you soak the herbs in water overnight. Um, you make something called an infusion in hot water and you just drink it as a tea. Um, and that is actually what the Egyptians back in the day would use to commune with the gods. And they would use this to open themselves up to receive better revelation. And, you know, you can even Google it. And a lot of times it will come up as the Egyptian party drug <laughs> because it's also sometimes considered an aphrodisiac and it just like feels really good. So that's my favorite one. Um, one called Kava Kava is really great. Um, Damiana is another really good one. And then using different um, blessing herbs. So things like sage, Palo Santo, um, using myrrh or something called copal and burning those, you know, get those actual herbs and burn them and create like a beautiful sacred space for where you are before you do a meditation or if you write or, you know, just even in the morning, it's so nice to create that in your home. And that puts you into that state too, where you can even further connect with those spirit guides. It's kind of a cool way to call them in in that way. Um, but that, that also really sets you up for this natural high where it's like, I don't need anything else because I'm just using the earth to elevate my spirit. And it just naturally does that just by being in that environment. What is something that most people don't know about you? I feel like I've shared a lot of that today. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, I would say that most people don't know that I am. I am a huge lover of like 60s and 70s music <laughs> and that I have this this like dream that you know was kind of my dream when I was really young of when I wanted to become a screenwriter and I still have this dream that I want to write these types of films that um, either take you back to that type of time uh, or 
it's kind of come into me now that I have this vision of writing some type of either short story or movie about the journey of manifestation and about the spiritual journey, about how you can go exactly like you asked from getting to this really dark place of breakdown and go into a breakthrough, but not just in a sense of like, here's where I was, you know, where a lot of Hollywood kind of does it, but actually using, here's how we use herbs to get you there. Here's how we use astrology to get you there. Here's how um, you talk to psychics. And, you know, my whole life I was going to psychics, like starting from when I was 18 years old. I remember I paid $300 for this psychic to um, do a past life reading for me where she said that every single night she burned a candle and looked into the flame and she told me three different stories. And now I'm like, I don't know if that really happened. (laughs) And so, yeah, you know, I have these like deep desires that are totally different from what I do on my day-to-day basis. But I think that that's kind of the beauty of the soul, right? Is that there's so many different things that we can do at different points in our life as well. And what's something you're learning right now? Let's see. Um, I'm learning. Well, (laughs) it's kind of funny because like tangibly, I'm actually learning about Ayurveda right now, which is really cool to um, put people into different categories of like their different doshas of like how they should eat and rest and everything. But I think that in terms of like my spirit, I'm learning about relationships and I'm learning about the type of person that I want to be within relationships, not just with like a romantic partner, but what is my place in another person's life or um, how can I be a really good friend to someone? How can I make sure that I'm showing up and being there? Because I have a tendency to be a workaholic and to just like kind of go into my own bubble and be really comfortable there because I love what I do and I love working. And then I'll just be like, oh, I haven't talked to this friend in six months. So I'm really learning that I want to show up more for other people and show them through my presence how much I care and love about them. If you could give any piece of advice to maybe someone who's starting their personal development journey, what would you tell them? I would say, first of all, to not compare yourself to anyone else. You know, we live in a really interesting time with social media where people are like meditating in India and, you know, where lemons and that's not really what the spiritual journey looks like maybe that's like a picture of it and they had a really great photographer or something (laughs) but to not compare yourself and to know that every single person's journey is going to be different and that the journey that you're on is very unique to you and that it's all happening for a reason and to really just trust the process and um the more that you can just flow, the more that you can even give up with ease and, and not necessarily give in, but just to allow yourself to let a higher power take over, then is when things will start to open. That if you try to continually force things to happen, then you're going to face some type of resistance. And when you can just allow that greater higher force to lead you and to really trust that and to be patient, then that's kind of when everything really starts to flow and to happen. And if you're having an off day, what do you do to shift your energy? I work out, honestly, like I I just move my body, I get myself going, I'll go on a walk, or I'll take a bike ride. Um, But me moving energy through my body is really important. And I actually have to do it like every single day, or else sometimes I will be really off. And if that doesn't work, <laughs> then I, um, 
I typically will try to listen to music and, or a podcast and put myself into a different reality. So if I'm listening to something and taking something else in, then that can kind of shift me into a higher state. Um, and then I think always like going back into nature is a really good way. And also journaling. Sometimes journaling is like the most cathartic experience because you just take all of those thoughts that are in your head and put it onto paper. And it's kind of like it, it really allows you to release all of that stimulation that's happening up there and to allow it to let go. And what is something lighting you up right now? Being in nature. I just moved up to this little tiny town um, kind of by Lake Tahoe that's called Nevada City. And I'm, I wake up where I'm surrounded by the trees and there's a little creek right by my house. And it is so beautiful to just be in silence, actually, and to be in stillness with the earth. And being in this state, again, of that wonder of like, wow, how long has this tree been here? Like, what does this plant do? And so I'm kind of on this new path of exploring all of this magic surrounding me. And I think Another thing too is that we don't have to be in a new place to do that. We can walk out of our own doors and see the flowers and see them in a whole new light and um, take in that magic every single day. Where were you living before? I, well, so I was living in LA. I have kind of over the last two years, I was in LA and then I was in San Diego for this master's program that I was trying out and didn't really work out. And then quarantine happened. And so I moved in. I actually tried to come up here to Nevada City. That was the original plan back in March. And so I got here for a week, went to the school. I'm going to an Ayurveda school right now. Went to the school and then COVID hit and everything closed down. So I moved back in with my parents a little bit south of San Francisco while I was waiting for everything to kind of like get a little bit better. And so I was living there. And, you know, in that place too, I really said, I want to have a connection to the earth. When you have a connection to the earth and when you look at the trees around you and the trees that you grew up with, you know, what are the flowers? What are all of the things that were always there in your neighborhood home or that were surrounding you? You can develop a relationship with them and you can know these trees and these ancient things, they've actually always been there watching you and protecting you. And you can build this beautiful um, kinship with them and say hi to them. And, you know, the plants, they just want to be seen too. They're like, they're living and uh, once you do that, you can really know that you're never alone. And that can, that increases that natural high too, where you can just be outside and you see, oh my gosh, all of this nature. And you can even really be silly and be like, good morning tree, good morning flowers, you look beautiful and, and kind of laugh, but it, it really raises your own vibration and their vibration. And if you can go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you tell her? I would tell her that she has a lot to look forward to and to not, to not think that um, one thing is like the end of the world, like that when one thing stops that everything's over. I would tell her to work really hard and to never give up on her dreams and to explore because the 20s are really this incredible time to experiment with yourself and to explore all of the different facets that you are interested in and to really say, hey, I'm interested in this thing. Why not explore this? You know, there's really not a limit. The only limit is what we put on in our own minds. And so I would tell her like, go after your dreams, try to do whatever you wanna do, 
meet some really cool people along the way and drop the expectations and drop the shoulds. Because I remember when I turned 30, I was like, I should be married at this point. I should have this awesome career. I should be making this much money. And we think about that through our 20s also. And when you drop all of that, then that's when the magic can happen. And you can just allow yourself to to be free and to explore. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Thank you so much, Sophia. (laughs) It was really fun. Yeah. Where can um, people connect with you? Yeah. um, So either on Instagram is, you know, like the easiest way or my website. Both of them are at Natalie Holbrook Wellness. You go really deep too. Yeah, I do. I've been on a good amount of podcasts and like sometimes there can be this like superficiality or it's just like, oh, let's talk about gut health or whatever, you know, but like, I think that that also is your Jupiter in the 12th house where you're like, let's get into some real shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never said on any type of air that I had two DUIs and like, I don't know. I was just like, I think I'm going to say it here. (laughs) Especially if it's people listening in their twenties, like, you know, that's a time that like that stuff happens and it's like, it's okay, but also don't drink. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I never would have guessed that. I wasn't expecting that one, but that's like one of the cool things is you never know what's going to come up, you know? Because you always think it's going to go one way and then you're like, oh, I didn't know about that, that, and that. I didn't know that you got divorced at 20 or like, I've heard some crazy stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Seriously. Like, this is so awesome. It's so awesome that you're like doing this. I feel like you're going to do really big things in your life. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. It was probably, yeah, it was like the furlough plus getting in a car accident a couple months before those two things is really what created this. So yeah. Have you tapped into any spirit guides or anything like that? Not really. No. So you should, um, I'll send you my friend's info, who is the person that I was talking about who does these meditations where you meet Mm. them. I think that you would really like it. And maybe you can even have her on the podcast and do like her or something. Um, That would be kind of cool because she was one of the first people to introduce me to that where I met one of mine that I call upon all of the time. And also Mm. another big one that I forgot to mention in the podcast actually is... um, there is you can do past life regressions Mm -hmm. and so with past life regressions you can see who you were in a past life or what type of stories there were and so in my past life regressions there were two very specific scenes where one of them i was a little girl and i was the apprentice to my grandma who is this like native american uh healer and we were sitting in this big tent and she was wearing this big turquoise necklace and i remember that in the it's like a hypnosis And she looked over at me and just had this twinkle in her eye. And it was kind of this feeling that like, I'm stepping into her role in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so I just call her grandmother and she's one of my spirit guides that I will call upon sometimes. And then at the Mm -hmm. end was that I was an astrologer in Egypt and that I was um, the person who was, I was like living at the bottom of a pyramid and I would go out into the night sky And I would see all of the stars and the stars and the constellations would actually commune with me and tell me, this is what Leo is, go write this down. And then I would Mm -hmm. go into the pyramid room that I had and I had actual blueprints and I would write it down. And then I would teach children and I would teach, I had like a team of people 
of this is what astrology is going to be and this is why we need to know this and that actually kids need to know this for a young age so that they can start to learn about themselves and so I had a name for her too was Annie Patti Cleo <laughs> and so those two like that grandmother and Annie Patti Cleo are these spirit guides that I keep with me and that I call upon and especially whenever I do I'll teach astrology classes and when I teach those I really call upon that any particular spirit within myself to come out and to be this teacher because I feel that I've been here before thank you guys so much for listening I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with I hope you guys have a great rest of your day